Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Psst, psst, Steve. Hey. Oh, quick, before the podcast starts, what should the listener do? Oh, God, it's going to be really exciting. They can come and join us, if they like, at um, the, um, the Light, uh, which is part of the Friends Meeting House in Houston on Sunday. We're doing a live podcast, part of a podcast live festival. It's like Pod Glastonbury. It is, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. We will be on at half past eleven. There are other pods as well. You can buy tickets for the whole day. Other you can pods buy tickets. are available. Brexit cast is on. Yeah, that's on. The Remaniacs are on. Yeah. They're good. Ish. Ish, yeah. Uh, They're like the puppet show when we're Trace- Spinal Tap. They're above us on the bill. Tracy M in. Tracy Emin's on, I yeah, love Emin. Yeah, yeah, she's on. So g- get a day ticket, get a weekend ticket. Oh, no, wait a minute, you can't go there all weekend. Just the day. <laughs> just the day. <laughs> Great. Steve, Steve, we've got to get on with the pod. But go go to podcastlive.com, check out. There's a few tickets remaining, so do it now. Pause, the, pause this, check, then come back. Right, you ready? Ready. Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name's Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello. Hello, Snowflakes. I've, oh. I've forgotten my catchphrase. There you go, I've forgotten your catchphrase. But you remembered it in time. I remembered it in time, yeah. Another I've mad week. I've just eaten a lion oh. bar. Have you? And I'm quite distracted by it. Right, why? What I thought was a lion What I thought was a lion bar is actually a picnic, I've now realised. Well, picnics have nuts in, don't they? Picnics have nuts in. So it wasn't a lion bar? Uh, well, no, it was a lion bar, but I was expecting it to be a, a sort of nutty and toffee-based and, uh, and raisin-based treat. And lion fact, bars have never had nuts no, and raisins in. No, I thought a lion was a sort of a version of a, a, a version of a, a picnic, but so it's wait not, a minute. is it? This it's a, I mean, it's, it's I a wafer-based there's been, there's been lots of breaking news this week, but I think we've stumbled across the biggest bit this of breaking is, news. Is this that is the, the big Was one. that your first lion bar? That's my first lion bar since the 1980s. I but there wasn't say. raisins and nuts in the lion bars in the 1980s. But that's how I, re- I remembered them. The worst thing you can do with a yeah. lion bar is put them in the fridge. Because they're quite hard anyway, aren't well, they? Well, and because of the toffee element. Yeah. So I used to work in a petrol station. It was really hot. Yes. And we had this really um, over-enthusiastic manager who was desperate to... Because in petrol stations, you make your money mainly, I think, from selling confectionery and magazines and stuff. She decided on a very hot summer that she would put all the chocolate yeah. in the fridge. Yeah. Because people want... Uh, what better way to cool down when you're hot? Oh, I must have some cold chocolate, <laughs> right? Well, exactly. Uh, but the amount of complaints we had from people because their bars were... They weren't chewy. They were all cold and hard. Right. Okay. But the I think that that suggests that a, fro- a, a cold lion bar would be the hardest substance known to man. Because I found it quite hard anyway. Yeah, I think. And when you're would. old and you you know the old teeth, te- teeth are teeth are getting difficult at my advanced years. It's harder even than getting Brexit through. That's what the a seg- Commons. What a segue. <laughs> 
I, Brexit is even <laughs> harder now because when you discuss it in the Commons, the, the heavens open, the roofs open. Yes, don't they? quite. Or and, people get um, their backsides out. They do. People get their backsides out, or you, or, or there's a there's a leak. Yeah, it's, it's like um, what is it? Is it it's divine like that, intervention? It's like that scene in The Man with Two Brains, isn't it? Where he's about to marry <laughs> Kathleen Turner, and he says to that portrait of his his dead wife, "If there's anything wrong with me marrying Kathleen Turner, give me some kind of sign." And it portrait starts revolving, screams of "No, no!" And then he goes, "Just any kind of sign will do," and that's it. Um, well it has been one of those weeks where we've been looking for signs we have been we have been looking for signs have we found any are we any closer to knowing what what is going to happen since we were last week well we're a little bit closer aren't we do you think no deal is completely impossible now well I think no deal is simultaneously closer than it's ever been and and further away than it's ever been I can't get my head around this now it's like a weird perspective painting so by one vote of course uh, um, the Commons approved the measure that would force Theresa May to seek another delay, um, and they would, uh, and if I'm getting this right, they would want to be involved, there would be some involvement in how long that delay may be as well. Um, by a single vote, just one vote. Um, so uh, Parliament now has forced Theresa May to consult with MPs about that extension of the Article 50 process um, if, if she needs to seek it. Um, and that so that will be. Uh, she's already said that there'll be a short delay beyond April the twelfth already, hasn't she? Yes. Um, but only if Parliament approves her thrice rejected Brexit deal. Um, so that perhaps makes no deal less likely. But, but if it goes through the Lords, becomes law, hopefully reasonably quickly. But of course, the EU could still say nah. Well, they could still. And say- if they do. Who's broken the law? Well, exactly. All of us. Everybody. All 70 million people. Yeah. So it's the biggest act of civil disobedience ever. It'd be incredible. Or will it? we all be arrested if there's a no-deal Brexit? I think so. Or is it just the MPs? By the European Army, maybe. The, the European Army. The European Army They would, would march in, wouldn't they? Um, so, yeah, but the, the, the EU Parliament could still say... Uh, sorry, the, uh, the, the, the European uh, Union leaders could still say, we're not having this. And, and we could. Emmanuel uh, Macron... Uh, uh, making Emmanuel a lot of, Macron. He's making a lot of, um, you know, he's making a lot of noises, isn't I, he? Do you know what? I'm surprised about uh, Macron. And, and, and I, I used to write a column before it was, um, before it was dumped... By the editor of the New European, who we'll be hearing from later, actually, and there will be a Brexit of the week. We're four minutes in, I haven't seen him talk about what's on the show. No, um, but we'll never mind. It's not all wine bars, you <laughs> it's know. Not there all is some bars. political discussion on <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, he, I had a column, and I used to, I used to give, a, I used to make fun of um, Macron quite a bit. Cause he had a makeup artist, doesn't he, and a yeah. hairdresser, and yeah. all that kind of thing. But I actually am a bit of a fan of Macron. But yes. I didn't expect him to be trouble over this one. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be, but I didn't expect him to be, and he's been a bit of a, a thorn in Theresa May's side. Well, he's been huffing and puffing and encouraging us to get on with it, hasn't he? Yeah, why not? Uh, which I think is probably something that we need. Do you think that... I think it'll all be all right, though, I, don't you? Well, I do as well, but, you know, but, who knows? But, you know, there is the, there's the issue, isn't there, of what if they say it's all fine, but you have to hold... European elections, which Theresa May is still saying she's not going to do, and Emily Thornberry thinks we might not have to do, which I couldn't really work out why we might not be able to do it. I'm pretty sure that Emily Thornberry doesn't have her own hairdresser. Oh, I mean, someone will cut her hair, but not one that travels around with her. 
And but she has got a little streak though, hasn't she? she? Well, her hair's a lot like yours. It is, because I've and, got a little streak. Oh, yeah, and a you, little cherry spice streak. And you've both got um, fine heads of hair. And what I'm, the reason I mention it is because Emily Thornby doesn't need that. She does it herself, I would imagine, every morning with a hairdryer. Yes. If that's not true, um, Emily, then let us know. But I, you know, don't really know why I've why I've pulled out Emily Thornby. No, <laughs> I've pulled know, it out. No, no. Um, Emily Thornby says maybe we won't. That's quite right. Well, uh, it just seemed like it would, even as a Remainer, seem like a fairly ridiculous thing to do if we're going to leave the EU, wouldn't it? A lot of money and effort for, for no real reason. Well, it would, it it would, but that's part of the those are, them are part of the rules, aren't they? You know? I mean, it's Thursday, May the twenty third is the is the day. Isn't the rules. It? Them are the you know those are the rules. So let's talk about. Theresa May finally saying, oh, go on then, let's try and get a consensus, and uh, talking to Jeremy Corbyn, the fine leader of the opposition. Yes, although what sort of consensus she is aiming towards when she ushers these people (laughs) in and and just says, I don't agree with anything you say. On your way. She's not very good at compromise, (laughs) is she? Not much of a consensus, is it? Sit down, this is what we're going to do. But uh, but a bad few days for Labour, really, though, wasn't it? Well, it was a confusing few days for um, for, for Labour. Um, we've had the spectacle of Ian Lavery, uh, who is the, the party chairman, isn't he? Um, yeah. Uh, at a, a meeting of um, MPs, uh, apparently wagging his finger at Keir Starmer and saying that a people's vote would cause Labour to split and it, yeah. it would happen over his... Yeah. Uh, dead body. We've had a statement from um, the uh, leader's office spokesman, I presume is Seamus uh, Milne, saying it might not that, actually be him, but it'll certainly be coming from his. Yes, exactly, uh, from, his from, his, from his area, saying that Labour uh, no longer supported free movement. I mean, um, what on earth? Yeah, I mean, it's just extraordinary. And I can't remember what the phrase was, but it, it was something like man, managed immigration, wasn't it? Which, you know, seemed to be... That seemed to be the same sort of thing which appeared on the Ed Miliband-era mug, which people like Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott yeah. were so um, outraged yeah. about. Yeah. And, and they were right to be outraged Absolutely. about Absolutely. Let, um, let me read the quote from Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, this was after his um, discussion with... Theresa May on Wednesday, yes. after a very strange PMQs that didn't mention Brexit, didn't it? He was really overwhelmed, all. wasn't he? Um, this is this is what he said, and this is exactly the way he delivered it, right? This is exactly the way that this statement happened. I put forward the view from the Labour Party that we want to achieve a customs union with the EU, access to the single market, and dynamic regulatory alignment that is a guarantee of European regulations as a minimum on the environment consumer and workers' rights. I also raise the option of a public vote and prevent Christian out of the bad deal. Ooh, well, there you go. It's Do you think he really did? I mean, I reckon he probably went, this, 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 workers' rights, workers' rights, people's vote. People's vote. Mm. Bye. Bye. Because I don't think they really do want a people's vote. Well, I think they, I think they are they're committed to their version of what that, that resolution means, which is exhaust everything else and only have a people's vote. Um, to um, to prevent a what's the what's the phrase a damaging, damaging Tory Brexit Tory Brexit um, yeah yeah but Emily Thornberry to her credit we we, we discovered um, lovely hair uh, her lovely lovely hair and I think um, on on um, on Wednesday I think while well, she was with one of her kids in hospital or maybe before she was in uh, with one of her kids in in hospital 
um, she was busy sending a letter to MPs explaining that it didn't really mean that at all and a people's vote or a confirmatory vote would have this to be part of it. This is the bonkers thing about Labour. Someone says something, someone says something completely different. I mean, we, Tom Watson has pretty much said yeah. exactly the opposite of what Jeremy Corbyn said. And I, 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 what was one of the, the most encouraging things, I think, for us on this side of the argument this week was what Philip Hammond had to say on Wednesday evening on, on Peston. I'll read that to you yes. as well. I have said it's perfectly. I have said it's a perfectly credible position. Some ideas have been put forward which are not deliverable. They are non-negotiable. The confirmatory referendum idea many people would disagree with. I'm not sure there's a majority in Parliament for it, but it's a perfectly credible uh, proposition and it deserves to be tested in Parliament. That is sensible, isn't it? Well, that is sensible. Yeah, I don't think. It, I mean, I, you know, I don't think many, many. I don't think people are objecting to a vote in Parliament about this. I think they're just objecting to the idea of it. Rebecca Long-Bailey's clearly very opposed to the yeah. idea of a people's vote or a confirmatory um, a, a referendum, and there's, there's certainly a wing of the, 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 the Labour Party that, that are. And but there, then there's a wing that, that aren't. Things get a bit more confusing, though, don't they? Because we're talking about an extension which may... Uh, there was some anger that the... Because, um, of course... Uh, the, there's been to, some anger. There's been some anger because, really? to, yeah, yeah, to, oh, it's been a right to do. Yeah, it has. It really has a right to do from beginning to end, Steve. Oh, what a to do! <laughs> Absolutely. Um, MPs from both parties are, are, are supposedly back this comprehensive customs arrangement. Yes. Okay, so that's a short-term customs union, and it would be superseded by the final UK-EU trade deal. Yes. That sounds sensible. That sounds sensible. But I would just point you in the direction of the fact that Theresa May's rejected deal, thrice rejected. Thrice rejected. Nay, nay, and thrice nay. Absolutely. Already keeps us in the customs union and single market until December and potentially until two years in December. So what's the difference? I don't know. There is no difference. MPs have just got a taste for voting here. They have. They love it. Division! Division! Unlock! Um, Of course... Many Conservative MPs are completely opposed to Customs Union. Uh, only 37 backed uh, that vote in, in Parliament earlier on this week in one of the indicative votes, yes. which all fell short, of course. Um, and there's a lot of anger as well, and more to do from the Tories, about this them even reaching out to Labour. Chris Heaton-Harris, yes. he's a one. He is lovely. Uh, and Nigel Adams... Uh, Chris, of course, the uh, junior, former junior Brexit minister, Nigel Adams, former minister in the Wales office, are both quit. Yeah. In pros- How dare you? How dare you speak to that Marxist? It's fantastic. Well, that's, of course, what um, our good friend Hat Mancock called um, yes. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn on the radio. Do you know what? He's right. So, you know, fair enough. He did. I, did, I heard Andrea Jenkins as well, who obviously. Um, has been on the um, on the what should we call it among the hardcore uh, anti-Brexiteers from the start, saying uh, I heard her on the Today programme. I think saying it's ridiculous that Theresa May wants to do a deal with Jeremy Corbyn. He is on record as saying that all he wants is chaos. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> Which record is that? Remember that being on the part of the Labour manifesto. <laughs> That would be great, though. It would be good if he'd come out and said, all I I want is chaos. But live and get chaos. I'm essentially Thanos. Jeremy Thanos Corbyn. (laughs) 
I don't really remember him saying, all I want is chaos. All I want is chaos. Well, that's because Jerry's famous um, catchphrase. She wants chaos. Yeah. She just wants to she see wants, the world burn. Wants to watch the world burn, like like um, uh, 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 Arthur Pennywise. Yes, that's right, yeah. Some people just want to watch the world burn. So what happens now? Theresa May uh, is continuing her talks with Jeremy Corbyn, or at least Labour and the Tories are talking. Can they agree a compromise deal, Steve? What do you think? Yay or nay? I don't think they will agree a compromise deal. The nose have it. The Uh, nose have it. uh, But the Yvette Cooper bill, which is presuming that that does pass through the House of Lords, um, you know, that gives her a fairly clear direction that she's got to go back, negotiate a long... uh, or, yeah. or, or ask, negotiate, yeah. ask for, yeah. beg, for, beg for a long extension, and we will end up having no deal. Okay, so credit so to Yvette Cooper. If Yvette Cooper has come out of Brexit, one of very, very few MPs, frankly, who've come out of this entire mess with, huge with, credit. with credibility. Yes. So congratulations, absolutely, Yvette Cooper. Please God, the next leader of the Labour Party. Um, so if they if they do come to an agreement, then the PM can take this new deal and, of course, the extension request to the EU leaders, OK? If they don't, then the government has to stand by... Uh, then, then the MPs will vote on a range of options. If there's no compromise, MPs will vote on a range of options and, you know, potentially the government will have to stand by whatever Parliament decides. Yes. And go to that EU summit on the 10th of April, just next week. If the EU agrees then the government will try to implement that new deal. Yep. There will obviously have to be some extension. That would have been agreed before. If the EU refuses, there are two options. Yes. And this is where we really... I know a couple of weeks ago <laughs> I wrote in the, in the description of the pod, Endgame Nears, but this really is Endgame. If the EU, and if Macron says, uh-uh, then there are, there are two options. Two options. We we've got two options. Lasagna at all beans. <laughs> no, you never have them separate. Only no, together. Only together. No deal. Yes. Or, which would mean all of us becoming lawbreakers, of course. Mm-hmm. All of us. Yes. Or, we revoke Article Fifty. We, ref- we cancel Brexit. <sighs> well, there you go. Easy, high risk though, huh? Incredible. High risk stuff. It is high risk stuff. It's extremely high-risk stuff. If the EU did say no, and I, I just, listen, honestly, I should think that's it's highly unlikely that that is going to happen. But if they did, what do you think Theresa May would do? We'd leave with no deal, wouldn't we? We would leave with no deal, yeah. Of course we would, yeah. And then we'd all end up in a clink. Would she come back with just with a long extension lead and say, I'm, I'm misunderstood? <laughs> I've brought, what's this? One of them ones that wrote your roll up. The roll one a that proper... you can put in the garden when you want a bit of music on. Like like uh, builders have, not like you're just your general Oh, no, ones. no. Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah um, one of them ones on a bit of metal. But it is, I mean, these are, these are trying times, aren't they? they I don't are. know, did you see Martin Hewitt, who is the... Who is the He's on yeah. the, the National yeah. Police yeah. Chief Council, this the is chairman terif- of, of this. Terrifying stuff. And he was saying that, he, he basically said politicians have got to stop uh, uh, using words like traitor yeah. and stuff like this and campaigners because, you know, after Brexit, this could all kick off. And he also said that there were, um, he said that there were 10,000 officers. That's right. Ready to deploy at 24 hours' notice. And a 1,000 of those could be scrambled within an hour. Is 
I don't know what they're... How are they training? Because they're training with like oh. army precision. Do you reckon it'll be like... like they're throwing tra- truncheons at a picture of Jeremy Corbyn, I think. Is that what you, it is? I reckon. Do you remember them rubbish terrorists? I think they were from Bolton or something, and there was some video of them training, and they had sticks for guns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, probably like it that. It could be like that, Probably yeah. like that, in some woods somewhere. Um, but I've got the quote from you, actually. It's really scary it stuff. It's frightening, it's, yeah. We are in an incredibly febrile atmosphere as a, re- as a result of the whole EU exit scenario. In any scenario like this, where there is a range of outcomes, it's incumbent on anyone in a position of responsibility who has a voice to just think carefully about the way they, uh, they express their views and their opinions so that what they're not doing is inciting behaviour or causing anyone to behave in a way that we wouldn't want them to behave. I mean, imagine, imagine a top cop having to tell the MPs to button it. It's quite, it's it's quite something, isn't it? And then... We have people... Who do you think he's talking to? Francois was good this week. Well, we'll come on to him <laughs> later on when we get to the Brexit of the week, of course. But, I mean, there are, I, there are numerous people, aren't there? I particularly liked Boris Johnson's Telegraph column. Oh, yes. Um, where, he, where he talked about um, uh, the Prime Minister should channel um, Moses yes. in Exodus. The other week, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and say to the Pharaoh... This is a direct quote. Say to the Pharaoh in Brussels... Let my people go. What's right? Now, of course, he's trying to suggest that the British people is enslaved to Brussels and enslaved to you, which is utter nonsense, of course. Yeah, of course. Absolute utter nonsense. But but this is actually a really clever analogy Mm. because, of course, Brexit is going to cause untold damage... You know things. I mean, pestilence, flying insects. Maybe not go that far, but. There, you know, it's it, it's not going to be good, right? At least in the short term, no, probably good, in the right. medium term as well. Um, and of course, you know, the Israelites uh, wandered out into the wilderness for forty years after Moses got his way. So, you know, maybe maybe Boris is actually saying, you know, this here we are, the wilderness for forty years. Rhys Mogg has already said fifty years. So by the time we die, Steve, yeah, things might just be looking up. They might be looking up, yeah. Um, they might be looking up, but. I wonder whether it is really as febrile as people think because, all right, there are some weirdos, aren't there? Terrible. Some out there weirdos. There's Nigel Farage, the nicotine-stained man-frog, There's who talks about picking up his, donning his fatigues and picking up his rifle and <laughs> getting back to the front line Can and all that tedious stuff. He'd need to be driven there, wouldn't and there are, Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not going to walk there, is he? We've established that. And um, and then there are people like uh, like Mark Francois who, who using this inflammatory language and Steve Baker and, and people like that, uh, Brexit hardcore man or whatever he described himself as. But who is bored with Brexit? Do you know who said she was bored with Brexit this week? This is one of my favourite. Was stories it Jerry? Because she's not on the show this week and she sadly can't make the and podcast. She can't make the live podcast. No, it's Shamima, Shamima Begum. Oh, she's bored with Brexit. <laughs> The 19-year-old has revealed that Britain's departure from the EU is dominating TV coverage at the Al Hall Desert Camp, where she is living. She told the Times, it goes on and on without end. It's so boring now that I asked the sisters to flick onto the cartoon channel just to get away with it, to get away from it, rather. Which is good, isn't it? I'm quite pleased time, that there's a cartoon channel. At the Times going to her for a comment on everything. She's well, doing sorts of comments. What do you think of Spurs and you stadium? Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Van Dyke or Raheem Sterling, Player of the Year. I'm looking forward to it. Is the, what about the Bay? 
Is it good? Is it the new uh, Doctor Foster? Oh, I'm not sure. What about Fleabag? Do you like Fleabag? Do you like? Have you seen it? Well, Fleabag's the best thing on TV. It's fantastic, isn't it? Fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh. Magnificent writing. Brilliant performance. It's superb. It's really. Very I good. am a bit. I am a bit annoyed that they've moved the guinea pig cafe because it used to be on. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it used to be about 100 yards from where I used to live. Oh, really? In, in Belsize Park. What, the interior? Uh, the the outside the road. The exterior. So oh, just, right. okay. Oh, what's that road called? Because past um, uh, Queen's Crescent Market in, in uh, uh, NW5 um, and meets Fleet Road. It's very niche, this, isn't it? Very small part it of the is, yeah. Um That's where, you know, that's where that... I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but where, you know, the thing happened Fleet, outside. Yeah, 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 the thing. Fleabag uh, is Remain, isn't she, don't you think? Oh, I would have thought so. What about her sister, though? Yeah, because she sister, works in Iceland. So her probably. sister's Remain. And her sister's husband? Well, I don't know. He's a bit magger, I yeah, reckon. Yeah, he is a little bit magger, isn't he? Olivia Coleman could be leave, I think. Oh, yeah. But, well, well she's quite arty. But she is arty, yeah. Difficult to tell. It is difficult to tell. Difficult to tell. But if you haven't seen Fleabag, do watch Go it, watch please. Fleabag. Take, take a night off Brexit and watch Fleabag. It is... Utterly superb. And and you the might... last one is next Monday. Is it really? Oh, last no, one I'm, I'm going to be bereft. You might be, I mean, you're not because you're listening to a podcast about Brexit, but you might be one of the 83% of the public who say they're fed up of seeing Brexit on the news every day. I don't know, this is a Britain Thinks poll, I don't know whether it was done just in the Al Hall desert camp. <laughs> I think it was actually done in Britain. Um, well, it's Sometimes interesting. I want to flick onto the cartoon I mean, channel, don't you? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's Brexit. It's uh, 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 for us. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's taken over our lives for for the well, last almost three years, three years yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and um, and it is it, it really has dominated everything. And I, I have noticed on the Today program now they've they've pretty much given up talking about anything else. Yeah, it's just Brexit. There was an interview with. Um, uh, Edvard Monk's great niece this morning, which, oh, yeah. which started with Brexit analogy. I just thought it was brilliant. That's right, yeah. Just any everything goes back to Brexit. And of now. course, we've had a version of the Scream on the, we have, the we print did. edition yeah, of the yeah. New European. Of course, it, he, wa- the, he wasn't actually screaming, that's the whole point. No. Yeah, it was the blood red sky that he witnessed. Exactly. It was a moment of. A moment of anxiety rather than a scream, even though he's called he scream. He said, he witnessed a blood-red sky, That's and he right. said, one day you two will make a really dull live album with a similar <laughs> title to this. And then he went, oh, no! <laughs> Bono, how can you oh, do oh, this? No. I had such high hopes for um, Bono. Britain thinks poll, uh, where 83% of the public agreed with Shamima Begum. They didn't, yeah. that wasn't the question. <laughs> do, do, you you ag- do you agree? <laughs> With Shamima Bagel, that you'd rather flip onto the cartoon channel. Um, And 83% of the public said they were fed up of seeing Brexit on the news every day. The rest of this poll is interesting. 84% of the public say they're not impressed with either the Conservative Party or the Labour Party over Brexit. Then they had, who do you trust most and do you trust least to do the right thing about Brexit? Nobody was the, the, the clear winner. Oh, right, I see, like, nobody chose 28%, to... 28%, so there's a list of about 10 or 11 options. Uh-huh. None of the above right. was, the, was the big winner. 28% said they trusted nobody, and wow. this on the list were various parties, yeah. various wings of parties, yeah. and some people. We'll right. come on to them. Uh, 28% most trusted, 13% trust least. Mm. 
nobody. So plus 15, a net of 15. Theresa May, 16% said she was the person on the list that they, uh, or the organisation that they most trusted, and 16% said she was the one that they least trusted. So net of, right. n- of nil. Do you trust the public? So 12% said they most trusted the public Wait a minute, to decide what to do. Does the public trust the public? Yeah. I, I don't One mean to be rude, but all this poor? 1% <laughs> said they didn't trust the public, so net 11. It's Scooby-Doo on there. The really interesting one is Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Most trusted, 9, 9% of people. Yeah. Least trusted, 30% of people yeah. said on the list. And also on the list were people like Rhys Mogg, who had a net of plus two. Boris, who had a... Boris Johnson, rather, because I know people get annoyed yes. uh, when I say, uh, just call him Boris. Yeah. Let his um, people go! Uh, let my people go! Uh, let my people go! <laughs> um, and he had a net of minus five, so people don't trust him. People want this to end, don't they? And I think that the Tory... And the, they blame Labour and the Tories equally for this, and mm. the Tory tactic of saying Jeremy Corbyn's labour of frustrating Brexit and mm. trying to ruin Brexit. Mm. That basically lasted one day, didn't it, before mm. Theresa May had to go, shall I ask him what to do yeah, about yeah, Brexit? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think that is not working. Not working. But Corbyn is clearly not trusted about Brexit. No. And I would suggest that that is both Remainers and he is being caught in a pincer movement oh. of Remainers and Brexiteers. 67% yeah. of people in that poll... Uh, said yes to the question, is Jeremy Corbyn more concerned with his own political career than the national interest? And only 45% said Theresa May was. That's not good. Well, I don't think that's true. I I think that he's not actually that bothered about his own political career because if he was, he wouldn't have done half the stuff that he has. What he's concerned about is one-nation socialism. Yeah. And changing the Labour Party. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. Um, And that's his thing, yeah, yeah. Other thing, one other thing about this poll, before I stop going on about it, I heard uh, Richard Tice, mm-hmm. the chairman of Leave Means Leave, yeah. uh, the other day, and he was saying, he said, poll after poll after poll now shows the vast majority of people want us to leave with a no-deal Brexit. Yeah. And in this poll, 46% of people, so not the vast majority of people, but a plurality of people, said that the best thing Britain was to do... Uh, to do for for Britain was just to leave without a deal, um, and that was um, that was there was a huge age difference on that one. Sixty two percent of over sixty fives said that that was the right thing to do. Twenty three percent of eighteen to twenty four year olds said um, that was the right thing to do. However, Richard Tice says poll after poll after poll shows the vast majority of people want us to leave with a no deal Brexit. On the same day that that poll came out, we've got one from YouGov, uh, and. No deal. Would no deal be a good or bad Brexit outcome? Uh, 50% said it would be bad. Mm. 25% said it would be good. Mm. Uh, A no deal Brexit uh, on the list, uh, 37% said remain, 26% said no deal, 12% said single market customs union deal, and 11% said may deal. So once again... Leave means leave, and the hard Brexiteers talking absolute nonsense. You know, to say that a, a weird subset of one poll um, says that no deal is a good idea, to say that that is poll after poll after poll is, is just lies again by these people. And when you started that Richard Tice quote, I thought you were going to say, Richard Tice said, poll after poll after poll, keep coming, coming, coming over, over here, here and stealing our jobs and stealing our women. Yes. Did you see that interview with Dominic Raab? 
where they put some books behind him to make him look more intellectual. The funniest thing about that was that he, 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 has he not got any bookshelves? Why don't you stand him in front of the bookshelves? He's a creative thinker, isn't he? He's free. So he puts them on his window ledge? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do thinking. that. Don't put books on your window ledge because the sun gets in fids. Well, do you see why people said this is ludicrous? Is that he's got those lovely internal blinds. Yeah. Now, my, my lovely yeah. partner... Yeah. Um, who usually listens to this podcast. <laughs> That's why you keep referring to your lovely, uh, partner, lovely partner as your lovely partner. She is, re- I, I, she is lovely. She's got lovely internal blinds as yeah. well, not her personally in her house. <laughs> internal and, uh, blinds, what would that mean? Uh, I don't know. Um, but she's got those. And in the interview, he was sort of stood, wasn't he, behind in front of his lovely internal blinds, and he's got behind him. He's got on these window ledges, and then the books are stacked up on the yeah, window, a yeah. high window ledge next yeah. to his lovely internal blinds. Yeah. And of course, people went, "You just move those books there because otherwise the blinds are shut, and you wouldn't be able to open them because yeah. you've got all these hardback books in yeah, the way." Yeah, it's ludicrous, isn't and it? And it was just, it was just very funny. And also, like the fact that right by his right ear was a copy of Nixon A Life, yeah, by Jonathan Aitken, yeah. and I thought. Since you are on the, you were on the campaign committee of Vote Leave, which only last Friday at 5.30, you know, a good time to bury bad news, dropped its appeal against its massive fine for cheating in the referendum, is it really wise to have a picture of... Uh, a, a book, sorry, about the biggest crook in political history written by Jonathan Aitken, who is, of course, a reformed character but did spend 18 months... He was sentenced to 18 months in jail, wasn't he? He lied and lied and lied. He lied and lied and lied. Is it really wise to do that? He also had a book. Did you see he had a book in the other stack of books by his left ear? He had a book called Total Recall. Yeah. Which is actually a a biography of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought it was a biography of Fiona Onasanya, but uh, but that didn't didn't happen. And Jonathan Aitken's book um, about, um, about Richard Nixon... Is quite remarkable. It, it, it's 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 well known for. It gives him quite an easy ride, Richard Nixon. Yeah. And it says that there's a great bit on the tapes, as you will know if you're a Watergate boy like me, where he's sort of saying, "Well, we could just give the Watergate burglars a million dollars to just for them to shut up." And then he sort of says. Well, you know, I'm just thinking about loud about whether that's a good idea. And Jonathan Aitken says, well, you can't read anything into this. He's clearly thinking out loud. And later on, he also says in the book that what really did for Nixon was this tape where there was an 18-minute gap in it, mm. a discussion between him and uh, Bob Holderman, who was his chief of staff. And there's an 18-minute gap in this tape, and the inference is that clearly they were discussing some way to fix something and... Uh, and recorded over it. And he, what Jonathan Aitken posits in the book is that rather than it being deleted by Richard Nixon, the president who had access to the White House tapes, or Richard Nixon's secretary who had access to the White House tapes, or Bob Holderman, the chief of staff who had access to the White House tapes, what happened was that somebody broke into the White House, one of his political opponents, uh, with a grudge to bear and deleted this to make it look even worse. It's almost certainly true. It's almost certainly true. And his evidence for this is that there are some notes by Bob Holderman of what happened in the meeting. And Bob Holderman wrote, the meetings were innocuous with no instructions or moves towards a cover-up. 
So, <laughs> which, so that proves that he was right, doesn't it? That's like the secret file on my computer that says, Richard's private file, nothing to see here, do not open That's it, yeah. Bob Holderman, of course, who, so he was so honest that he was convicted of conspiracy and obstruction of justice in the Watergate thing, and he, he ended up serving 18 months in jail on a sewage farm. Uh, prison sewage farm, oh. which is nice, isn't it? Really? He was the, I think he was the boss of the sewage farm, so was that's he? good. Yeah, that's, that would make an interesting sequel to all so, the president's um, men. So good. So yeah. So uh, so then, of course, Gisela Stewart. The next day, yeah, that was funny. Uh, she popped up on the Andrew <laughs> Marr show, and she was the, the chair of, of Vote Leave, wasn't she? She was. Rob was just on the campaign committee, and they said, "Why have you cancelled its appeal? This appeal against." You know, cheat against you know this fine for for cheating, for exceeding your seven million budget by almost half a million quid. Yeah. And she said our biggest problem in the end was that we've destroyed all our data, and therefore some of the evidence which people are asking for. Oh. But well, maybe. I mean, that, yeah. Maybe somebody broke in and destroyed all the. Maybe their political opponents destroyed all their data maybe, for us. Maybe. Um, Did you do it? Yeah, I don't know. I might have done. Yeah. Uh, Did you so delete over the bit of memory? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, might have, I might have broken in, I don't know, I, I, don't, I can't remember now. Um, so yeah, very interesting that. Another week of utter madness in Brexit, Steve. Total madness in Brexit. On Monday evening, yes. our fine, esteemed, brilliant, genius editor, yes, he Matt did. Kelly. <laughs> he did. I was there. <laughs> if you're listening, Matt, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, took on... Uh, Mike Graham from Talk Radio, Talk Radio fame at the Groucho Club. Yeah, and uh, after this, we're going to listen to a few minutes of it. Stay angry, fight Brexit, subscribe to the New European. Your first thirteen issues of the New European are only thirteen pounds when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling zero one eight five eight four three eight eight four zero and quoting podcast one. Or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. So Matt Kelly took on Mike Graham in the Groucho Club on Monday. It was some tussle, actually. Um, but we've I found what I think is, is the most pertinent 15 minutes... And here it is. Enjoy. The economy's doing very well, actually. Well, it, well, we haven't left yet. Yeah, here we go. We haven't left yet. Well, we haven't First left of all, yet. The economy and, was and by be, the way, hang on. The economy was going to be plunged into dire, terrible states yeah. if we didn't join the Euros. Remember that one? You and I were both at the mirror I during that period. Yeah. Well, I, know, I mean, it was all bullshit, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and Project Fear was and all bullshit. And still so bullshit. I'm not George Osborne's advocate Do you actually believe... Advocate do you, either, do you know. you, I hate George Osborne. Now he's pretending to be a journalist. He's ruining yeah. the Evening Standard like you've ruined the bloody economy, yeah. for Christ's sake. It wasn't in that great shape. Well, it's better shape now, right? The economy's yeah. doing pretty well now. No, I'm talking um, about the Standard, not the economy. Well, that's unfair. My friend Ian Walker used to run the Standard. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. But what about the fact that your particular side of the argument peddles all this... Right, if you'll pardon my expression, but it's good enough for Burko, it's good enough for me. Uh, no food after we leave the European Union. No drugs. But the, this isn't my the cane will still but be coming is, in. No, trust hold me. on a second. This is the government's. This is the government's own report. This is the government's own assessment. Yeah, report. written by people in the government who don't want us to leave. Well, yes. See, what heckles Thank already. You. Yeah, good. It's so rude. These remain. I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I mean, the what. The one thing that I thought everybody in the room could agree on is that no deal is a catastrophe. I don't no know enough about that. 
How can well, I say? After three years, you don't know enough about it, and you've no. got a TV, you've got a radio show, yeah. and you talk to people well, in an because, educated manner, you know, and you haven't even bothered no. thinking about that. Oh, yeah, I've thought about it, Matt, but unlike you, I don't have a crystal ball, you see, so I can't look into the future and go, this is what's well, going to happen. To be fair, I've never said I know anything. What I've said I've is, agreed is, with you all along is with that, that it's all a gamble. It's all a gamble. It's all right? an unknown. It's all an unknown. It's all an unknown. And, and so my how question, can any of it be, uh, everybody knows that it's all going to be my, no, so My question is purely about, is the gamble worth it now. Well, it is depends on the outcome. Well, it, well, of well that's I mean, like it's saying, simple logic. I'll stick it all on Black 11 as long as actually, I know that no, Black 11 not. comes in. Actually, no, it's, it's not. No it's not like going anything. to a casino at all. It is like I waiting to do trade deals. It is what like trade doing, deals? Liam Fox, like Liam Fox has been scarping around the world. He's mm -hmm. got, what, three or four? He's got Liberia in the bag. He's got... They, they, they've got the a size, the quarter of the economy of Burnley, right? That's in the bag. America Has he got, he hasn't even got Burnley. America, China. Yeah. Where are they? Well, the Americans you know. are happy. Bolton's happy to come and do a deal as soon as we like. Are you, are you comfortable with the idea that America's going to ride to our aid and be altruistic? I'm comfortable Britain? about. Do a you great think many Donald Trump things. really gives a shit about us? Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about anybody apart from Donald Trump. Right. So but, why know, did Theresa May? But why do you go have to go through life worrying about this stuff? You know, I wake up in the morning. I have my orange juice. I have my croissant. Yeah. Um, and I go to work. I don't go. <laughs> oh Christ Almighty! But you should do. Christ. This is the most idiotic defence of, 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 of leave I've ever heard in my it's life. It's not a defence Your defence, your philosophy is just don't worry about it. Well, don't. Why would you worry? What's well, the point wh of worrying uh, about something you can't do anything about? Right. Well, can you, you can. You can have a people's vote. You can stand there oh, and yeah, buy the new the European... Oh, yeah, the first people's vote worked us out to be here. So let's give the idiots another vote That's the so that we can fix it. That Genius. Was, that was the second people's vote. Mike, you're more smart than this. You know, there is there is a no, clear no, logic. Really for, there is a clear logic for a con confirmatory vote on what no, happened there isn't. because everything You've only is just so dreamed different. up the idea of a confirmatory vote. You know, for the first eight months, you we, were banging on about having a second referendum. I was banging on about that for two years. Well, two years then. Yeah. But only now have you suddenly worked out. Actually, it doesn't look like we're going to get that. So I know what we'll do. Uh, we'll slightly shift the goalposts so the stupid people won't notice. And what we'll say is, we'll only have a second referendum once Parliament's agreed something then we can have a confirmatory vote. It's like the idea of this indicative vote. I'd never heard of an indicative vote until last week, and then it turned out it was a load of b****s as well, because it didn't indicate anything, well, other than Parliament is full of 650 complete and utter idiots. I, I wouldn't argue with that on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've that. <laughs> we That's it, then. Let's head to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> you see, if you sit here long enough, you can argue and worry about anything. I mean, I could sit here and go, do you know what I really worry about? is that uh, if I sit here for long enough, something's going to come through that window. But Mike, Mike, Mike... And I don't say know you, what it's going to be. Mike, say you went to the doctor, right, and the doctor says to you... I never go to the doctor, not, well, for right, obvious okay. reasons. Because right. I know what he's going to tell me. There's a theme coming yeah. on here, right. Say you did go to the doctor and yeah. ask an expert. I know experts... Do like you know how hard it is to get a, an appointment with the doctor? <laughs> First of all... I could never get an appointment in the next two weeks. Say you went I'd to be a doctor. sitting here dying. Say you went to a doctor and he said, if you carry on like you are, yeah. there's a very good chance, not a certainty, but a very good chance that you're going to die of a yeah. heart attack right, mm. in the next three years. Yeah. But if and you I change him, course... If you carry on like you are, there's a very good chance you get smacked in the face before <laughs> I leave your surgery. Right, OK. You see where I'm going here? Are you, well, sort of, yeah. I don't necessarily listen to doctors, right? I was told, for example, by one of your contributors today who uh, is a man by the name of Paul Conyu, yes. a former a newspaper editor who yes. you've employed to write a column in <laughs> your disgraceful rag, right? He actually said to somebody who rang in to say that his wife was a nurse in a cancer hospital, yeah. do you think the NHS will be better off if we leave the European Union? 
the guy went nuts. The caller, one of the ordinary people, not one of the metropolitan elite, who I assume you all are part of, yeah. right? And proud. Yeah. There's no point. Come on, you metropolitan elites. Rise up. Oh, well, I will in a moment after I finish my Dom Perignon. The point is this, right? The point is this. You can't conflate all of these things into one thing. I don't remember, I don't know if you do, before we had a general election on the referendum, before we had the referendum on Europe, I don't remember anyone coming up to me in the street or indeed in the doctor's surgery and going, hey, it's great being in the EU, isn't well, it? I'll it's fantastic. <laughs> I really like it. Because, right. you know, my life would be so much more shit if we weren't in it. Well, I'll t let me tell you a little... Nobody ever said that to me. Indulge me for a minute. Indulge me for a minute. I'm from Liverpool, right? Now, you don't live now, there Liverpool, anymore. Liverpool voted Remain quite heavily, and I'll tell you why Liverpool voted yeah, Remain big quite Europeans. heavily. They just so, wanted to get back into Europe. Well, listen, I'll tell you, when I was growing up, Liverpool was on the bones of its arse. Right? I literally Sorry, used crowd. to play on rubble that was left over by the you Luftwaffe. Used to live there, right? didn't you? It was... Liverpool was abandoned by Thatcher, abandoned That's by trade. That's yes, not was. true. Geoffrey Howe wrote a memo to Thatcher saying we should manage the decline of Liverpool, mm -hmm. and he was actually talking about letting people move out into other places, just run the place down. And then uh, Michael Heseltine came to Liverpool's rescue. But after Heseltine stepped in and organised the International Garden Festival, which started getting us going, the European Union declared Liverpool a Zone 1 priority area, which means you are the poorest and the most needy places in Europe. Uh -huh. This is a huge embarrassment and to what the is government. It, and what is let it me now? finish, let me finish. Then they Not invested, they invested show, millions... They invested Don't millions. They invested millions in Liverpool's infrastructure, in their airport, in their waterfront, and then they crowned it by making Liverpool the European capital of culture. Yeah. Now, you go to Liverpool now. I yeah. cannot believe what Liverpool is like when you go there. It's and a lot better. But it's, it's, it's not, enormous. It's, it's like the San Francisco of Europe. Oh, do give me a break. It's fantastic. No, it, it is, is fantastic. No, it is not transformed. That is the point. Liverpool has had billions of pounds of money going into it, not only from Europe, but also from Britain. But the argument that this money comes from Europe and saves every part of Britain that is in some way deprived... No, that's not the case, because Sunderland, right, doesn't have that story, doesn't have that what narrative. What I'm saying... What I'm, well, and, and why the, don't you and let me finish instead of being such a fascist? Okay, go Thank on. Thank you. Go the on. point is, is that if you give money from Europe... This is, by the way, a characteristic of leavers and remainers. We're more polite. Go on. Yeah. Well, so you say. <laughs> so you say. But the point is this, right? Europe, uh, we are told, gives lots of money to Britain. Okay? But it also gives lots of money to other countries. And many other countries get more money from the European yeah. person. You might argue that that's fair enough because they need it more than we do. That's okay. But if we were not in the European Union, we were not donating money into the European project, then we could have that money well, to spend not, over not, here. I mean, could look, we not? Look, I mean, one of the why, most... Why would that not work? One of the most... Hang on. Is she allowed to speak? She is. She absolutely okay. is. Correct. Right. Well, I don't know that. I'm not a defender of this government. I think they're absolutely useless, OK? I'm not a defender of parliamentary oh, democracy. No, indeed. But you're the people that voted them in, so it's all your fault, then, if you want to lead it back yeah. down the road. The point is, is that you have all sat back and watched as all of this has been going on for decades. We have lost interest in politics. We've now got it back. I suggest that we do something with it. Rather than argue with each other, we make sure that the people that we employ to actually spend our money spend it the way that we want them to. And certainly the European Union is not perfect in that regard. They spend an awful lot of money on themselves, which we could well do without. And as I say, I'm still waiting for somebody to come up to me and tell me how much brilliant, how much more brilliant my life is because we're in the European Union. I don't particularly like regulations. Well, I don't particularly like being told... That's right. There hasn't been a, you know, one of the most, one of the most. Well, I mean, it's, one very, of the good. Most, let it's me very good that you brought up war, actually, because there have been wars 
on the European continent since the European Union yes, has been... Yes, but they're anomalous. No, they're not anomalous. The war in Bosnia-Herzegovina is a great failure. The war in Syria is a great failure of the European Union not to enact that. The war in Ukraine is a failure yes, of it the is, European it Union. Is, but it, it, All of these but, things have happened the around us. You can't go on and on about how the European no. Union has saved us from having no. wars. because One we, of the well, most no, depressing... you can't actually because Mike, we've had wars. Mike, How many people died in Bosnia? Mike, one of the... Croatian independence and the recognition of that was what caused all the wars and caused all the deaths. You're saying it's a good thing, eh? Yes. That was a, that was a okay. So you think that people dying in the former Yugoslavia is a price worth paying for the European Union? Well, thank you very much indeed. No, I don't think I can argue with that. Because well, if that's what you think is we a just, good thing... Can we talk about a slightly broader thing, which is, to me, one of the most depressing things about the last three years is how the conversation has been 99.5% based around the economy, when the European Union is so much more than that. It's You've it's got to remember... That the whole point and its antecedents were established not to uh, for free trade and for the prosperity. It was to stop us killing each other. It really was. It was all dreamt, dreamt well, up hang on. in the aftermath of the Second World well, War. Well, in the aftermath of the Second World War, which ended when? 1945, right? As I recall. Yeah. yeah. When did we form the European Community? Exactly. It was in the 70s, wasn't it? So during that no, period... No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Period, during that period, no. there wasn't it's any wars. It's antecedents. No, were, but, no, no, but there weren't any wars And Churchill spoke of a, a European federalist community that would put an end to all potential yeah, but for he war. Did not, he did not envisage... And you've got to remember, United, Mike, there's been a millennia, a millennia of Franco, German, Prussian, uh, Spanish, Flemish, English battles ad infinitum, ad infinitum, except for the last 70 years when there hasn't been a single, a single the one. World War. Single one. And are we all poor now or are we, are we less well off than we were... 30 years ago, well, 40 years ago. we're all a lot better ago. off than we A were. lot better off. So but, what I mean, was I'm broken right. that we had to fix it? It wasn't anything to do with Europe. It was to do with George Osborne and austerity and people feeling that their, their children were going to have worse lives because they'd been abandoned by a domestic government that didn't care about the northeast of England or Wales or Scotland. How can anyone explain Welsh vote to leave. It's inexplicable unless you think, because it's got nothing to do with Europe. But unless about, you think... How about you have a little bit of faith, all right? How unless you, you think that it was their abandonment well, by no. Westminster. Well, you can dream that up if you wish, but if you actually it's spoke a fact, to people... It's a fact. Well, it's not a fact. If you actually spoke to people and asked them why they wanted to leave the European Union, they will give you a whole different variety of answers. The trouble is, and one of the problems with the, the mess we find ourselves in, and with the debate that we find ourselves having, is that people are constantly trying to prove each other wrong. Well, you know, I'm true. not going to sit here and tell you, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm right about anything. Mm. But what I will say is that you cannot use... <laughs> I, I mean, I can make them laugh without even trying. Brexiteer of the Week. Steve, welcome back. It's time for Brexiteer of the Week. Well, there's such a wide field this week. Um, it's like the National. There is. Uh, I'll tell you who's made a surprise entrance into the running. And uh-huh. it, uh, I'm going to deviate from the version of Brexiteer of the Week, uh, which, is in your, <laughs> which is in your <laughs> award-winning New European print edition this week, because Tim Martin has <clears> been talking about the fact yeah. that, that the... Um, the Leave campaign really lacks a, uh, a, a strong leader, and he, he said that Boris Johnson, he feels, is that leader. Um, and he said, um, he said, Theresa May is not really that leader. Uh, what we need is a Gary Lineker, somebody to put the ball in the back of the net, and she isn't it. And I think, does he not know 
what Gary Lineker thinks about Brexit. <laughs> he doesn't really, does he? Yeah. And it also, uh, another great uh, thing in a similar vein is, um, it was Nadine Doris earlier this week who was talking about the events in the Commons and she said, I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day, things are constantly changing around us all the time. It's Nadine Doris, therefore, the only woman in Britain who has not seen Groundhog Day. <laughs> uh, oh, this Russian doll, it's just different all the time. Um, so, uh, let's skip over Jacob Rees-Mogg very briefly. I think what Jacob Rees-Mogg did and the way he got out of it um, this week was, uh, or tried to get out of it, was, was particularly appalling, even by Jacob Rees-Mogg. He quoted the far-right German politician Alice Wiedel. She's the parliamentary leader of uh, AFD, Alternative für Deutschland. Um, and uh, when he was questioned about this in Parliament, he said he, he was not endorsing what she said, he was just referring to what she said. Um, now, um, Alternative für Deutschland, and Alice Wiedel in particular, support the banning of minarets and burkas in Germany. I don't know if you know that. Um, but do you know what they don't support? in contrast to extremists like Jacob Rees-Mogg. Go on. Uh, they don't support actually leaving the EU. Um, <laughs> Bob Wallace, you've never heard of this bloke before, you never will have heard of this bloke. Bob Wallace? Um, he is a well, Daily Mail... he was Mail. Wallace. Uh, William uh, Wallace, yeah, 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 Rab, big Rab <laughs> Wallace. Um, Paul Dacre is gone, but his spirit of Paul Dacre lives on in the Daily Mail well, letters page, doesn't oh, it? He's not... Dead. And um, well, he's gone from the Daily Mail, isn't he? Has, he? Yeah. Which has become quite a, a bit nicer. Reader Bob Wallace, keeping the old dreamer, Dacre dream alive. Yes. He was in there this week and he, he, he wrote a letter and it said British people travelling abroad may no longer be able to use the faster EU passport lanes. Mm. It's just another way of the EU being spiteful or at least unhelpful. Yeah. And of course, maybe they're just applying the rule of a Rules of a club which Bob Wallace doesn't want us to be in anymore. Maybe. I saw a great story. He's, I believe that Bob Wallace, his next trip, will be cancelling his AA membership <laughs> and then being furious when he breaks down on the hard shoulder of the N25 and they don't come and pick up and fix his Austin Allegro. Quite possibly. Did you see that brilliant story in the Telegraph along the same lines that said British travellers may no longer be able to take their pies and pasties yes. into the EU with them. Goes on holiday with pies and, and pasty. Pie and a pasty. Right. I know someone who takes lasagna and beans, lasagna but and beans. that's all right because lasagna is Italian. Um, brilliantly for Bob Wallace, um, the European Parliament has just voted to confirm that UK citizens will still be able to benefit from oh. visa free travel to member states after a no deal Brexit. Right. So his letter was both stupid yeah. and inaccurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did he mention anything about the pies? He didn't mention the pies, no. Gemma Collins? I don't think we've had her in here before. I loved it when she fell off the stage. We've had listen, we're in a we're in a world now where Shamima Begum and Gemma Collins are asked about Brexit. Oh man, they should have a show those two. Yeah, they should. They should. Yeah. All right. Are we are we are men of a certain age, yes. thirty two. And yes, um, exactly. so people like Gemma Collins perhaps shouldn't come across our radio. The only way is the Al Hall Desert Camp. I'm looking forward to. <laughs> but that. she fell off the stage at the Brits and it was brilliant. She did fall Didn't off she try the and sue him as well? I think she probably did. Yeah. Great. Uh, I voted out and I would do again, she said, Gemma right. Collins. Great. She was on um, Good Morning Britain, was meeting of minds with Piers Morgan. Yeah. Piers Morgan has said, by the way, that if uh, there is a, a, refer a second referendum and we vote against, uh, we vote to remain, he will never vote in a single election or a referendum in this country ever again. Suits me oh. fine. People, a lot of people say they're going to do things, though, so, don't baby. they? 
Uh, Didn't he used to be your boss? He did used to be my boss. He was a very good boss as well. But still a big baby, isn't he? Uh, Gemma Collins added, I think Theresa needs to lead our nation. Take a deep breath, Theresa. Make a deal and let's move forward. If you're a leader in this country, (laughs) take the lead and own it and people will follow. Own it. You've got to have some gumption and lead our country. Yeah. She just needs to lead our country leader. and go for it. She's a leader. And those are a series of platitudes so meaningless and so repetitive <laughs> that Gemma Collins actually could become the Prime Minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Stranger things have happened, um, But I've, I've changed this up because in the, in the newspaper, Gemma Collins was Brexiteer of the Week, yeah. and I just got, I thought those quotes were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But Mark Francois must be the yes. Brexiteer of the Week. Yes, quite. And... Um, you know, the, the title of most unpleasant Brexiteer really has been hotly contested oh, over yeah. the last three, I think three there's, years. There's still some time to but go. But Marc Francois, a walking endorsement of the theory of the Napoleon complex, yeah. is takes the prize. Marc Francois is a former soldier, isn't he? Quite a small man, isn't he? I don't know whether he the army he served in was the one that was from Michael Benteen's potty time or the <laughs> army from Clopper Castle. I bet, um, I bet he's got a really big red... Sports car. Yes, uh, yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, March the twenty ninth. He was on. Uh, he was. He was at the march. March to leave, wasn't he? Was. He was a highlight yeah. of the march to leave. Highlight. He fired them all up. He said, "I've got a message for the Europhiliacs from the Today program. Up yours." Mm. A couple of days later, he's on Radio 5 Live talking about Philip Hammond. Yeah. If you're listening, Mister Hammond, my fraternal message to you is. Up yours, right? <laughs> and uh, he might have said that Nick Bowles, after he crossed the floor, yeah. um, memorably, um, after the incredible moment, an actually. incredible moment in, during the indicative vote. See, Nick Bowles said, "I've had enough of this. I can't yeah. be in a party that won't compromise." My favourite bit was the, I don't know, it was oh no, Nick, oh, don't, don't do it, don't go, don't go, like don't an EastEnders, yeah. wasn't it? It was all <laughs> <had> a drink. <laughs> uh, yes. And he might have gotten up yours from Marc Francois, but instead Marc Francois appeared on TV and said, I'm not going to criticise Nick Bowles because he's fought off cancer. Class there, a bit of class, I thought that was. Lovely. Um, He is the Brexit of the Week for this reason, because, I mean, all of that would qualify him to be Brexit of the Week anyway. Um, But he's after the Cooper bill passed by one vote on Wednesday night, he stood up and he said how he was out, how he's outraged by this, and he's, you know, I mean, he's glowing, isn't he? He's like yeah, a yeah. radioactive Billy Bunter, isn't he? he is. And he stood up and he said, "Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do." Now, I am not a religious person, but I do know that this is what Jesus said uh, when he was crucified. Now, I'm trying to, f- I've been trying to figure out this quote all day, yeah. and I'm not sure whether to be outraged. Yeah, I also am I'm not religious. But really, I think I'm just confused. Is he Jesus? Well, I think he is. And who's God? Well, uh, the, is the speaker God? Because you have to you have to speak through the speaker. So you were speaking to the speaker. Well, um, so is is Burkow um, God and Francois or Jesus? Isn't Fra- or isn't Burkow the sort of the well? He's speaking to the the nation, isn't he? God is the nation. Burkow, I think he sees as the leader of the cruel centurions who are about to criticize to crucify little so he is speaking, Marc Francois. He's speaking to the people, the people who are God. But I think the win for Marc Francois is that he's too small to crucify. Surely. Well, imagine his little arms. It's a long way up, isn't it? It is. And it would be a bit a like point. the 
Have you ever seen... Again the, towards Easter. Have you ever, it's true, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen the Horse Thieves episode of Ren and Stimpy? No. Well, they, they, they're convicted of being horse thieves, but at the end... They always and it look looks like bad horse for thieves them, to me. And it's bad for them. And But Ren, who is a very thin yeah. sort of chihuahua, isn't he? Yeah. He's, because he's so thin, He just when they try and hang him, he just swings in the breeze. Yeah. And Stimpy is a huge, fat cat. Yeah. And he's not got a neck, so they... they so they can't hang him. So I think Marc Francois would get away with it. But maybe it's Marc Francois doesn't have a Napoleon complex. He's got a Jesus complex yeah. instead. Yeah. Or they could, maybe it's an ER Jesus complex. <laughs> ER Jesus. So Marc Francois <laughs> is the Brexiteer of the week. So if he's got a Messiah complex, so is yes. Russell Brand. Yes. So why not couple that he's Gemma not Collins? The Messiah. <laughs> he certainly has been a very naughty boy. Gemma Collins yeah. and and uh, what's her name Bagram, oh yeah Shamima Shamima, uh, and let's now add in Francois, Francois. and Russell Brand. Well, I let's think... send them on a road trip, <gasps> across road trip across Europe to find out to mix with the. That would be excellent, wouldn't it? Well, two of them would end up pregnant, um, and they probably a few people might fall off the wagon. I would suggest mm, it could be, it could happen. Um, but I think Marc Francois is destined for some kind of reality TV career now, isn't he? He's like a little dyspeptic Benny the Ball, isn't he, from Top Cat? He's just he's a little he's a little a little sort of ball of rage and anger, isn't he? Um, but he is the Brexiteer of the week, and he stares. Mm. What should the listener do right now? Well, I'll tell you what you should do actually before you do even that. Check and see if there is any tickets left. For, for our podcast. Politics Live. There, as we record this, there is very few, but if you are around in London or you fancy a little jaunt out on Sunday, then at half past 11 at the Light, which is on Euston Road in North London. Um, very near Euston Station. Very close, yeah, very close. Walkable. From Euston Station, yeah. Yeah, not from wherever you I don't know where you are, listener. If yeah. you're in Aberdeen, it's not walkable. It's not walkable. We have no. a lot of people listening, the Wallonians, they love us, don't they? Yeah. What, is it Wallonians? Wallonians. Wallonians. Well, it's not well, walkable. Wallonians, yeah. Well, it is. Well, anyway, it's walkable if you can walk it, but it, you might not get there for Sunday. Yes. Anyway, enough. Um, tickets, www. Oh, you don't need to do that anymore, do you? I'm so... No, you... 1998. com. Yeah. Check out. I, I mean, there may be tickets on door, not sure, but they've certainly sold hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. A um, lot of people not coming... Not for us. Not for us. <laughs> we, they've booked out Wembley Stadium for us. <laughs> No, no, there are other podcasts going on as well. Yes. Um, so you know, I mean, if you don't want, if you don't want to come and see us, then yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. bugger off. But there will be people that do come to see us because some people have bought tickets specifically to see us. That's right. And yeah. thank you. And but it is like saying, isn't it, that um, you know, the the you know, it's like being a member of the, the Coldstream Guards band, isn't it? And saying that saying you, 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 you were at live once <laughs> attracted a hundred thousand people to Wembley Stadium. <laughs> well, it just was before the um, the FA Cup final. We are on. That. Are we first up? We are first on. Slot. Well, three slots. it starts at ten. On Sunday, we're on at the comfortable eleven thirty to so twelve. So we're not first up. So that's good. We're not first up. So yeah. we're, not we're not the, the Christian bill. We're not the Christian band that open on a Sunday at Glastonbury. We're next, so we'd be sort of well, we we sort of said cast, didn't we last week? Yeah, we did. Yeah, who, who, who are doing? They're they doing are, they're gigs. Back, 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 <laughs> they're yeah. doing gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're doing gigs with, um, uh, I think, Shed Seven. Yes. 
And but they're not headlining. No. Do you know who it is? Go on. This is at one of these special. Uh, it's in November. It's called Shine On. And do you know what I'd love? Shine do you know On. What? I'd love this. I'm making you fun would of love it, it, but yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so much cast, but the headline. The headliners are Sleeper. I love Sleeper. No, no. The headliners embrace. Embrace this. Huddersfield's own. Huddersfield's own. What a band. Incredible. Um, so buy tickets for that as well. But um, come along and see us. If you're coming, then say hello, please do. Yes. Uh, but after you've brought them tickets, or at least inquired about it, what should you do? Uh, you can uh, subscribe to our crowdfunder at steadyhq.com. Search for the new European. Steady. Uh, support our work to stop Brexit, of course. You can go on Facebook and join the new European uh, Facebook readers group. You could just like the New European on Facebook. It would be great if you gave us an ace review on your podcatcher of choice yeah. and lots of lovely stars. We love that. Uh, we really do. We read every one. We do. It's ace. Thank you very much. And uh, you can also uh, follow the New European on Twitter, at the New European. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Porritt, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. Why do you never give your Instagram out? At Hotmail forty nine. <laughs> Don't tell anyone about that. was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you're coming on to Podcast Live, grab us, say hello. We'd love to meet as many of you as possible. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It's on sale now. Lots of Brexit, lots of politics, tons of other stuff as well. There will be a special edition of this podcast early next week. Watch out for that. That will be the recording from the live show at the weekend. And, of course, we'll be back next week, as always. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go.